Welcome to the RPG Design Panelcast. We bring you the very best recorded panels, workshops, and seminars concerning role-playing game design and publishing. This has been made possible by the generous contributions of the panel speakers and double exposure with their leading game design convention, Metatopia. Episode 83, How to Give and to Receive Critique, recorded at Metatopia 2015, presented by Joshua A.C. Newman, Hannah Schaefer, and Rachel Walton. I wish you could go on because we're actually yeah. already late. <laughs> Alright, hello. Um, I think we're going to go microphone free for this, but if you can't hear anybody, just let us know. Um, so this is, I don't remember what the formal name of this panel is. How to give and take and critique. Take critique. Um, both of those things are really useful, and they sort of exist in the same universe. Like, if you can give good critique, it's really important to be able to take critique and vice versa. Um... So I think we're all just going to introduce ourselves and then get started. Joshua? I'm Joshua A.C. Newman. I'm the designer of Shock Social Science Fiction and the co-designer of Mobile Frame Zero, Um, the designer of Human Contact, designer of these sword and sorcery minigames that I'm messing with right now. Um, uh, And uh, I also teach game design at a couple of colleges and universities. And so this is something that we wind up doing a whole lot. Uh, I'm Hannah Schaefer. Uh, I am the designer of the role-playing game Questlandia, which is a kingdom-building game and a game called 14 Days, which is about uh, managing empathy around chronic pain. Uh, And I've only been designing games for a few years, but I've been accepting critique for a lot longer. (laughs) My whole life, actually. (laughs) Um, I'm Rachel E.S. Walton, and uh, I designed a game called The Long Orbit, which is um, a space horror hack of Monster Hearts. And it's been through the the ringer of critique at Festival, a Danish game festival, um, with some pretty harsh judges. Um, So I have that to bring. And also, coming from an art background... Um, we did a lot of critique as just a normal part of the process. So, cool. So, yeah. yeah you had a question. Sure. Yeah. All right. So I've got a question for everybody. Um, how many people here uh, are not here with something to be critiqued? They're, you're here just as playtesters. Awesome. Good. Thank you so much. You're actually you're actually the target. Everybody else who's actually has stuff to be playtested. That uh, that it's great that you're here. Too, but my big concern was that we wouldn't have. Uh, I mean, it's it's telling that I would guess something is probably five times as many people are here as playtesters as uh, as designers, and we're it looked that looked about fifty fifty. So it is telling. Like everybody feels like they know how to give critique, but almost all of them are wrong, um, and uh, and that's because. Uh, we're under the impression in our society that the most important thing that you do is you tell everybody your opinion and then you dig your heels in um, and that doesn't make you a critic actually that makes you an asshole so uh, so we're going to talk about how to uh, diss an asshole that um, <laughs> that, uh, that interaction <laughs> 
Um, so what, what part should we start with? Should we start with the sort of giving <clears throat> critique or receiving critique? Uh, let's start with receiving. Let's start with receiving, because that's hard. It's yeah, the hardest yeah. part, actually. Um, so how many people have brought a game to a convention or playtested a game with friends that has been critiqued? Okay, so you know you know the feels. <laughs> um, well, I don't know if I, I want to start. I don't know if we have a, a question or if um, just want to each sort of talk about some of our thoughts. Well, let me ask you, how about this? I'll ask you guys a question. Uh, what is it that you want to hear when you're saying, I need help with this? Can you play this? Can you look at it? Whatever, whatever it is you're doing. What kind of information do you actually need when you're working on that? Sure. Um, well, there's several different layers, and I think that's sometimes what trips people up. One, it is nice to have an overall impression. Like, if someone's like, that's awesome, that's nice to hear. Um, that doesn't, like, help the, the game, like, form anymore. But it can also be nice to get that sense of, like, excitement that somebody might have. Um, uh, but I, so I, So I want to hear that, but I also really want to hear very specific things. Even if like somebody's really enthusiastic about something, um, it's really helpful to know specifically what they're enthusiastic about so I know, you know, what's working and what's not. Um, I find it's not... Uh, you get a lot of um, differing feedback, I'm sure it's a lot of you know, um, that's not particularly helpful. Um, so it's not always helpful to know, like, what to what people want to cut out of the game but like it's it's very useful to know how their experience went um and what tripped them up um uh I'm trying to think like what um what was confusing what was confusing is a good one what wasn't clear um I don't know what do you look for I think I mean, this is this has been a few years of sort of refining this process um, and also reading. I, I wish I had brought a printout. There's a few good articles that people have written, like designers have written online about uh, ex basically like about how to go into a playtest with the right mindset and questions to get the best critique that you can. Um, and one thing that I think I've learned is that I really a lot of times the critique that I need is actually just watching people's faces. Like, sometimes the least useful stuff that I get are when people start to tell me, like, a mechanic that they didn't that didn't work, and here's how they think it could be changed. Like, probably I've already tested that, and, like, I know it doesn't work. <laughs> like, I know mine doesn't work, but yours isn't going to work either because I tested that, but I don't want to be rude and say that. Um, so I think knowing what was confusing is really helpful to me and knowing what was good or fun and felt good and then knowing what what didn't work um and often like mechanics the mechanics i can fix but the stuff that's a little bit more nuanced is like knowing what didn't work in terms of tone like this is a horror game but people didn't feel like scared enough or this is supposed to be like a really heart-wrenching game but people weren't feeling emotional at the parts that I expected. So those, the sort of, uh, what, you know, what feelings weren't being communicated, what was confusing, and what felt good are the most valuable things to me. Um, and the rest I can just watch. Like, I can watch when a mechanic falls apart. Um, if you're sort of being aware and sensitive and willing to accept that your game is broken, you can watch for that without anybody even telling you. Um, um I think, uh, my fundamental thing most of it's observation like like listening to what people say is usually not about the content it's usually about sort of 
deriving their tone uh, sort of um, inductively uh, because in the effort to be helpful, they'll go straight into their conclusions and opinions that they're fabricating on the spot. I mean, they don't, they haven't had time to think about this. If you've been sitting there watching them do it and you're like, no, no, I saw you having fun. Like, I know that part's okay. Like, like, like something went wrong. If they're, if they're saying like, this is like, this was hard for me. Like this is this subject matter is hard for me to deal with or something like that. That's almost when they're giving you their impression, they're almost certainly telling you the truth. And you might be like, all right, I have to make sure to not market this as like this person has, has an expectation or has an experience that makes this not mean what I thought it meant. Like write that down. That stuff's really important. But what I'm never looking for is their solutions. Um, because, uh, they haven't had time to think about it. I have, which means I've probably, like Hannah said, I've probably tried that. Or, like, yeah, all right, you go do that. Like, that's your game that you want to do. Like, that, that, that's not relative. That's not relevant to, to this endeavor. So um, when they're trying to give me a solution, what I'm doing is uh, in my head saying, all right, what problem is it that they're trying to solve? What experience is it that they wish was different? Because uh, that's really valuable. Like if if somebody is saying like this is this is really upsetting, I'm like, oh, that's supposed to be funny. Let me think about that. <laughs> uh, like that that might be like, okay, so this is this is this is not a good game for twelve year olds. It turns out like what I like that's that humor is too mean for a for a twelve year old who's of sound mind. Uh, so all right, so I'm, gonna, I'm not going to target this the way that I thought, or maybe screw it. This is supposed to be a game for twelve year olds. Um, uh, I've uh, Mobile Frame Zero. My giant robot Lego fighting game uh, is deliberately written so that parents can take a look at this. It's a war game, so I don't want to be irresponsible with my use of war. So there are hints in there about the uh, about war as hell, but I really want them to be playing Legos with their nine-year-old kids. So you have to be able to read between the lines, and that that came with a certain amount of playtesting my explanations about what's going on here. Um, uh, nine-year-old kids do not have well-developed opinions about Fallujah, it turns out. So um, so th- that was something that literally came out of it, is sort of how, how to pitch this so that it, that it, could, uh, so that it, could, it could still happen. So um, I, I feel like sort of the, the motto that, like, taken away is, like, tell me what you think is wrong, but don't tell me how to fix it. Because, like, that's your job as the game designer, or that's uh, my job, but... And part of your job as the game designer to, is to hear when they say this is what you should do. Say, I that's irritating and insulting. But instead of being irritated and insulted, I'm going to try to figure out what it is that's making you say that. Yeah. Um, well, that I mean, maybe a good question is like, what are things that uh, you see designers doing in responding to critique that can be or maybe not so great, or you know, things. I don't want to say red flag things, but like themes that you see in people receiving critique that does that yeah make sense yes yeah. yeah yeah if that, right. if that makes sense uh, so th- th- it's really hard to not do this and I'm sorry but you're gonna have to do this awful awful thing which is somebody says I. This this part like I, I don't I don't understand how to do this part I don't understand what this means, and your your impulse is to say oh this is what you do then this is what you mean uh, this, this is what I mean, and 
that like what you need is that question. Like you obviously didn't explain it. It might not mean what you thought it meant. It, like you might have used mechanics that ultimately mean something else. You might have described something in a way that means something else. And it, it could be that you're at a point where like nobody knows what to do because you didn't explain how many dice to roll. You say, all right, like I'm going to write this down. Like you remember to explain how many dice to roll. But the important thing is that when somebody's telling you that and asking you that question. You might need to explain it to them uh, logistically, but really the important thing is that you write down, like, they didn't understand how to do this. And that might be because your thing is broken. It might be because they say, why am I rolling more and more of these when it's supposed to get harder and harder? And you're like, oh, well, like, you want to give them an answer, but you say, that's an interesting question. Like, like thanks. Right, write, that, write that down. And that might mean you say... Thanks for your help. That's the end of this playtest. Like we can't go forward with this. Like this, sometimes that's what happens. The, but but don't just try to answer every question, which is th- with this is why I did this, and therefore this is why you should accept it, uh, unless you absolutely must to to proceed. Yeah, yeah. That's one that I see that I'm like, no, stop. Um, where you know somebody gives a bit of helpful or maybe unhelpful critique. And the designer responds to every single bit by sort of explaining why they did the thing they did or justifying why this rule is that way. And then you want to say, why are you even doing this playtest? Like, what, what were you hoping for? I mean, I know that everybody is hoping that their game will be perfect the first time and that everyone will love it and it's going to be a smash hit. Um, but playtesting, this is why we playtest. Uh, and making games, it's hard and they're not going to be right the first time. So when people give critique, I think it's great too, unless it's actually, like Joshua said, like a, a rules clarification or something, like generally to wait before responding to every single thing with saying like why you did this thing, like, well, here's the reasons why I did it that way. You should have found it less confusing, or you should have loved it. Um, that, I don't like that so much. You're supposed um, to play that character is nice. <laughs> and, um, and I think another one, uh, which I think is really important for Metatopia, is like somebody will say to you, like this is bound to happen. Somebody will say like, I love it, but it should be more red. And somebody else will say, I love it, but it should be more blue. And like you can't take every single bit of critique. Like take take critique, but don't take everything because your game you won't have a game that makes any sense if you try to make the game for every single person. Um, and not all critique will be good. So that's why like running multiple playtests is great because yeah. you can start to see themes <clears throat> rather than being like, okay, it has to be more red and more blue and sparkles and I should also actually make it a LARP that is a video game. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but Rachel, I want to hear what no. your, your yeah, thoughts are. I was going to highlight the, yeah, the, the importance of patterns for multiple playtests. Um, I... Um, so I was saying, I, uh, my game, The Long Orbit, ran at Festival this year, which means it had um, a whole bunch of runs in, like, a one-weekend period. So I got, like, a lot of feedback thrown at me, which was useful for the pattern recognition thing. Um, and we had... Uh, a, a, so, so because it's a, a hack of Monster Hearts, the sex moves are still part of it. Um, and a lot of people, like, enjoy that aspect of it, of the game. But there were two negative critiques that came back at me and they were hilarious because one of them was like um well we had a we had a great game but um we didn't use the sex moves at all so you should just get rid of them like you should get rid of them we didn't use them i'm like okay thank you for your feedback (laughs) (laughs) and someone else comes up to me is like we we use the sex moves all the time they shouldn't be there (laughs) 
<laughs> okay. Um, so it's like if I'm listening to both of them, um, like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> have like a personality fracture. <laughs> so it's useful, like, seeing how different people respond. And, and what's useful from that is um, maybe trying to pick out, like, what they're responding to negatively or if there's a way to kind of channel it into a way that helps their group make better decisions or something like that. But, yeah. Should we talk about uh, giving? Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah. Um, do you have a, either of you have a question for the rest of the panel? Jump in and talk about giving, giving critique? Oh, okay. Oh, giving critique. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Where to start? Oh, well, okay. I can start with, so Joshua and I are in a writing group together. Um, so every few weeks we're in sort of this cycle of receiving critique and giving critique. Uh, and we use a model called the shit sandwich in our writing group, which is where you always start with saying something good. Um, and... Like, I know that not everybody... There's some people who go into their play tests and they're like, just rip it apart. Tell me why you think it's awful. I don't... I don't buy that. Um, uh, I think always starting with something good. First of all, like, if, if a game's really not working, like, this person has poured their heart and soul into this game. And, like, this is their baby and this is their project. Uh, and so, like, for you to be able to find something that works in it is, like, a really great place to start, especially for kind of a rocky playtest. Um, and sometimes it can be hard to find something that's good. Um, but it's okay to say something as simple as, like, I really like the sci-fi setting. Or I love fantasy games, and this fits in the canon really well. Um, if the rest of the game totally doesn't work, like, you're still starting with something positive, um, and it, it just... I don't know, it, it starts everything off on sort of a friendly, more respectful foot. Um, and then because it's a shit sandwich, then you sort of get into the, the grosser parts. Um, and then you end with something good also. You know, like, you GM'd this really well. Or if you can't find two things that are good, I just want to reemphasize that I love the setting. Um, like, that's, that's okay. Just end it, on, end it on an up note, because probably, you know, this person has had a little bit of their heart ripped out um, during the critique. So ending on an up note is really good. Um, yeah. But um, I find uh, that uh, I will often ask uh, a person whose work I'm critiquing, wh what what kind of feedback do you want? Right. Yeah. So so like as as a as a critic, you're there to support somebody's creation. You're not there to rip it apart. That that doesn't that doesn't actually help. That means that you're finding things that are not problems. And, and rending them asunder and that means that somebody's you're helping them misguide their their uh, limited creative energies so if you say all right what do, do you do you want are, are we talking about tone do you want to talk about uh, mechanics and as a designer you should be able to uh, answer these questions too um, not just as a playtester I mean, very very often I'll sit down and I'll say as a as a designer, I need to know if this part works. This part's going to be a black box. I'm going to roll a die and give you a number. There's something. Imagine there's something important happening back there. We don't care about that right now. Um, we're going to we're going to take that number. It's going to be a number between three and eight. That's all that we know about it. You don't worry about where that came from. I need to know if you can make decisions based on these parts, and then I then I watch. And then when you're a when you're uh, sitting down to play test something or critique a piece of writing. Uh, 
very often, if you don't know everything that's going on, it just looks enormous. It looks like it's a huge problem. And if you say, do you want to talk about this part? And uh, sometimes the, the designer will be like, no, 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 that's the part. I'm just rolling a die back here. Like, there's another process that can generate a number. But for right now, it doesn't matter. I just need to know that it's a number between three and eight. You can say, all right, so the ridiculous black box part is not actually a design flaw. We're not looking at that right now. And that, that gives me, it helps me focus on what appears when I sit down to be an infinite problem. Like, when you sit down to play test somebody's thing, you don't know what it is. Like, you know from the, the little, usually hastily worded paragraph on the schedule what this is supposed to be, and you don't you don't have enough information. So asking the designer what it is that they're trying to accomplish with the game and with this moment of playtest uh, is, a, is a great moment to sort of focus, uh, focus the, the problem in the direction, focus communication. Yeah, the more specific you can be about um, what you what you're looking for, the better. Like upfront, I, I like to um, I, I have like a little uh, sheet that I give to the people who are playtesting my game, and it's um, it's like just four boxes on the sheet. That's like, what do you like? What do you love? Um, what needs work? What needs to go? Something like that. But it. Um, give it to them before we start and just encourage them to fill it out as they have thoughts during the thing, which is useful for sometimes collecting pieces that might they might forget by the end, but it's also useful for letting them say whatever they want <laughs> and letting them get, get that out of their system so that like I can ask more targeted questions at the end. You can also more socially elegantly ignore the stupid bullshit that they wrote down. <laughs> and I find sometimes really useful things, like things that yeah. they might not have mentioned, like they, they really found a particular organization thing, like organizational thing here useful. It's like, oh, okay, good, that's mm-hmm. working, that's great. Yep. They might not have brought up that up at the end because they're so focused on, I don't know, a particular move or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. and somebody, as, as somebody who's in a playtest to give critique, writing things down, I think we'll... Excuse me. Helps to keep immersed in the game because rather than trying to focus on like, oh yeah, I have to remember to say that one thing that wasn't working at the end, and you're like, okay, repeating it to yourself, like broken on sixes, broken on sixes, broken on sixes. Like, just write it down, and then you can play the game and like give the person the attention that that game needs. Um, so that's a great, yeah, that's a great one. And if I'm playtesting, I try to remember to, or if I if I'm running the game, I try to remember to take notes myself because there's little observations that I'll have that I'll totally forget otherwise. Um, but I, and, and taking notes sometimes relieves some of the pressure of like, you know, if you're trying to remember and then you're not listening to other people yeah, and yeah. you miss some of those important observations. I, I think my primary job as a play tester is to report my personal experience, mm-hmm. um, which does two things. One is I get to say I, it doesn't matter for these purposes if I think that zombies are kind of a corrupt idea, right? I agreed to play this zombie game. I'm going to, especially in playtest, like I might not buy this game, but I've agreed to accept this premise. And so then I can, then I can say, all right, my, once I've accepted this premise, here is my experience. I don't know much about the market for a game, a game about zombies because I don't like the idea very much, but here's my personal experience. And that means that that is actually true even if it's something that I'm way, way into, I, I'm if I if if I'm more in the target, 
uh, target audience. First off, we're into role-playing games. We're all into something that almost nobody's into. So uh, the idea that you could speculate about where the market is or what other players will find difficult, although you know I didn't, but that, it's n- that's actually really... It's, it's not helpful. It's not your personal experience. And you're taking away from describing the experience you had um, in order to speculate about uh, about your market uh, or about the audience, however you want to think about it. I don't think it's particularly helpful. Um, and uh, I think every time I've gotten or given feedback like that, it's actually turned out wrong. That's not how the audience actually works. And I say that because uh, I, of course, as somebody who gives a lot of feedback, have given some terrible feedback. And so um, uh, that's one of the ways that I endeavor to improve that is just talk about the experience that I'm having right now. Um, Minus the parts that the designer asked me to please not look at because that's not what we're working on right now. Like it might be frustrating that I can see that you're just rolling a die back there when there's supposed to be magic happening. Uh, but uh, but it doesn't matter. I'm not looking at that right now. I'm giving the rest of my parts of experience. So avoiding like a long philosophical discussion on the nature of zombies. Uh, right, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's hard for me to do. It really makes me mad as an idea. Um, how are we doing time? Uh, it's, I, I, I think we should go to Q&A. Questions? Questions? Okay, yeah. do people feel like ready for questions? As, a, as somebody who's looking for critique uh, later today, how much time two-hour block to, to run the game. How much time should I run the game and then end it so that I've got time to listen to the critiques? Mm-hmm. I've got two answers for that. I have two answers, too. You answer yes. first. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, uh, how long have... Is this your first playtest of your game? Uh, of this game, yes. Okay, congratulations. Thank you. Um, I, I would say, yeah, my two answers, which maybe are similar to Joshua's, are, you know, play... Only play to the point that you feel like the game is working. Like, if at some point you hit a roadblock and you're just like, oops, <laughs> we can't go any further, um, it's it's okay to not forge ahead. Like, it's okay to sort of end early and to say, like, well, let's open it up to a discussion. Um, but if things work and you're sort of filling the normal timeline, um, gosh, that's, you know, my I think my threshold is maybe lower than some people. Like, I think maybe I usually leave, like, 15 minutes at the end. Yeah. Because um, sometimes I find that sometimes two players will kind of go at it and yes. leave you out of the conversation. <laughs> like, they'll be like, well, I love zombies. Well, I hate zombies. Well, I love it. And you're like, okay, I'm going to go to lunch now. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so for me, it may be 15 minutes, but I'm curious what Joshua and Rachel have to say. Uh... I think that's about what I would, yeah, I would say, I would say maybe 20 minutes because there's a certain amount of, like, now I need to think back. If everybody's been taking notes along the way, like, it might be 10 or 15 minutes. But if they need to think back, first off, they're going to be doing some creative remembering. So taking notes as you go is, is really valuable and probably reduces that time and improves the, uh, improves the quality of, of information. But also that thing where you get 20 minutes in and you go, Okay, thanks everybody. I got what I need. Let's. Uh, I'm, I'm. Who's coming out for coffee with me? Go cry now. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, I, I had a play t- Actually, I had a playtest right on the other side of that wall uh, a couple years ago, and one of the there were three three playtesters. One of them uh, is an extremely creative dude who is totally on board. Somebody else was there to try it, and somebody else refused to accept the premise, and like. 
you know, that, we're not doing that. Like, I'm not going to explain to you. Like, we're not marketing this game and deciding that I'm not going to talk to you about this. We're like that. All that is is a drag. So we got up to a point where I actually learned something about the way that people would be manipulating uh, the resources in the game. We could not really proceed because we, because nobody could sincerely use those resources because one of the players wasn't accepting the premise. And I I really think it was like 20, 25 minutes into a two-hour slot. I said, I've got what I need. I actually... And there was something that wasn't working right. So I was like, i got to go chew on this. Thanks, everybody. Uh, and uh, we all got up, and the guy who's creative and thoughtful and wonderful I sort of went let's go talk about this um, get, basically get out as soon as you can to process that information you, your play tests are not fun that's a, it's a horrible I mean sometimes they come out that way but that's a weird accident when that happens um, we used to have a, we used to be stuck in the Gen Con cycle in uh, our crew back in western Massachusetts and what that meant was that in order to have things ready for Gen Con we basically needed to be ready for final play tests in February and it made us so mad at each other because everything was broken. Like the things weren't working the way they were supposed to. It turns out we didn't like the things we thought we were saying. We were like, and we would just get really mad at each other. It was really damaging our friendships. And we came up with a rule that I think is really good, which is if this isn't fun, stop. Let's just have tea and talk about our kids. Like, like, like just, just get out. Like you can get that information up to the point up to that point. If you're, if you're overstaying, you're welcome. It's, it's damaging the information that you thought you had. So short as possible. Always as short as possible. Yeah. I, I think I probably average about 15 minutes, too. Because I find that I've already observed a lot from from just watching the thing happen. And um, there's you kind of want to have a little bit of pressure on playtesters to not be really uh, go on and on. Because um, there's usually somebody who will take up lots of time talking about everything. Um so it can be nice to have this, like, the time limitation. Like, okay, you have, like, you know, a couple minutes. Like, give me your impressions. Um, and then I find that sometimes uh, somebody will produce really useful feedback, either stuff that I need to change or I want to hear more about them. And I'll usually pull them aside later and see if they're willing to talk about it more um, outside of, like, the whole group. Yeah, that um, made me think that I had a play test a few weeks ago that kind of fell apart at a convention. And it was like a midnight slot. And so I just did five minutes with half the group. Like I did, I broke it up into two things where I didn't want anybody to feel stuck. Um, where I ended the game early and said, like, I know there was a lot that wasn't working. Like anybody want to just tell me their initial thoughts and then other people can stay longer. Um, and that's another way is to give people an option to, you know, talk for longer who are really interested. And if somebody just really didn't enjoy the game, you know, giving, giving them the out, uh, which is better for everyone. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the important thing to remember, like we said at the beginning, is the whole reason for this is for a bunch of people to support this particular creative endeavor. And any anything, including your own uh, concerns and self-doubts about your, um, about your creation, that gets in the way of supporting that endeavor has to go because this is too fragile a point in a project. To, to the point where the answer might be this is rotten at its core, and that comes up sometimes, which is probably not. And you need to make sure that if it's not rotten at its core, that you can give it the care and feeding that it needs to turn into something good. Um, to what extent do you 
allow people to interrupt the game to ask questions. Because uh, when I first did playtesting at Metadopia, I knew nothing of what I was doing. And I encouraged people to interrupt the game to ask questions because I thought that was kind of the idea. And it didn't go well. And, uh, and now I'm thinking I will do a sheet. That's a good idea. So that they can just write their questions and not forget them. But I think also at some point when a player is just really stuck, you do want them to ask. So, yeah. so how do you express that to players? Um, I, I, yeah, I think I tend to be sort of firm on like let's we're going to discuss this at the end. Um, certainly, if it's if if it's further enough long, along in the play test process and they you know have a rules question, I'll clarify. Um, yeah, I'm not like super strict about that, but. If somebody is going to keep interrupting um, and, and kind of making it worse for everyone, I'll definitely encourage them to just write it down. We'll talk about this later. But yeah, I don't have like a formal. Yeah. It also yeah. breaks the flow of the game. Like you can yeah. never even get into the game and sort of figure out the time. Yeah, yeah. It's like stop, go, stop, yeah. go, stop, go. You're like, my character has this emotional moment. Wait, I have something to say about the text. Um, so. Yeah, I think generally writing. I like to give people a piece of paper and to say, like, let's have a feedback session at the end where we talk things out. If anything is sort of too confusing and there's a rules clarification or a mechanic really breaks down, we can stop. But otherwise, let's, like, let's try to power through. Yeah, because, like, I mean, as you were saying, Joshua, like, you don't, they haven't been sitting with it as long as you have. So if you're if you don't even make it to the end, if you keep stopping, like it's even less time that they've had to process and see like how one thing might affect another. As a designer, I avoid answering their questions, and there there are times when you can't avoid. I'm like, I didn't tell you how to do that part. Sorry. Like, and then I have to write down like, don't forget, I forgot this part in the rules. Um, like, write down their question. But sometimes I'm like, I'm gonna write down those questions and see if they figure it out. Because they, they, they have the information. And if they don't, I'm like, I'm not explaining that well. I didn't give it the weight it needed in the rules, whatever. Like, then, then I can say, that, that's, that's, that's this part, you know, do you do this thing? But usually, like, the fact that they're a- asking those questions is a really important part, not your answer. Um, unless they're stuck. And they're like, it's just, I forgot to say, that's when the turn's over. That's why you don't have any, any dollars left to spend or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Do you find that there's any value? I think it's a different part of it. Like that's that, at that point, you're testing your text, okay. and uh, definitely test test your text yeah. because oh my god, I don't write down all the things I do because it seems so obvious because mm-hmm. I've been thinking about this for a year. Um, t- test your text, but like if you're if you're at this point where it's your first play test, like have your rules on note cards or whatever, and you know have them laid out. And say all right, that's this rule. Like, I, I don't even do that. I explain it. Um, uh, what to do, and I explained to do what to do. Like, all right, here are your options right now. Because if you, if what you care about is the algorithm of play, you say, all right, you're doing this part. All right, that means that right now you get to choose uh, black chips or red chips, and the red chips are going to be good for this later, and the black chips are going to be good for that. But but they might cost you later. Like that's the information you need. Um, I think having a text that people are going to take a half an hour to puzzle through, I don't think is a great idea. Up until that point where you've got a text. Like you know that the game's working, and you're like, then you have to figure out if the text expresses the game. Yeah, I, I do. Um, if I if it's something that they can read briefly, I do. I like to include that because <coughs> people process things differently, and some people are better 
at understanding if they can read it than when they're listening. So for them, I, I mean, I try to have something written down. But yeah, it depends where it is in the playtest. How do you mentally prepare yourself as a designer for the feedback game? Montage. <laughs> <laughs> You're the best. <laughs> yeah. There is some of that. <laughs> Coffee. <laughs> How do you mentally prepare yourself? Yeah, I, 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 I write down, like, here are questions that I have. Um, if there's something that I know, I always forget, like, write down for myself, like, don't forget. Like, I... How many of you who are designers carry around a notebook all the time? How many of you are designers who don't carry around a notebook all the time? Wrong! Because <laughs> um, one of the things that it allows you to do is answer that question. You're like, I'm really nervous about this. What am I nervous about? I mean, I don't know about you, but when I'm nervous, I just forget shit. Like, it's, it just flies out of my head. I can't remember anybody's names. I'll tell people rules out of order. Like, And the order is like, here's the thing that I'm most worried about not working. And, like, they don't have any context for that to work. So I, I write down the stuff that I'm doing so that, like, while I'm explaining it, I can be like, I think what I said might not have made it sense because I didn't tell you this part. Okay. Um, write it down. Be awake. <laughs> things. Be well fed. Like, like, it, it, like, like, seriously, like, if I'm hungry, it's hard for me to remember how to tell things in order. And it's scary to have people going over your stuff that you've been thinking and thinking and thinking about and you're showing it in the light of day for the first time. Yeah, yeah writing down the order of rules has been so important for me because yes. I get so nervous. <laughs> Even, like, I've played Questlandia more than anybody in the world at this point. And, like, when I run it at conventions, I'm like, okay, let's take the first player turn. And somebody at the table is like, we haven't set up our characters yet. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, um, <laughs> let's do that. So <laughs> writing things down, water, like, carry around a water bottle. That's been so important cough drops, uh, a granola bar so you don't faint. Um, and another thing that I do to prepare and make sure I have a good playtest is I often will bring snacks like to conventions for playtesters because people are often running like from place to place and don't have time to eat before going into my playtest. Mm-hmm. And like sometimes people are crabby or confused or zoned out just because they're like going into diabetic shock. So, um, you know, bringing snacks and water for other people if you have the time helps me. Um, yeah. um, I also find that it's helpful sometimes to be clear where you're at, like with your playtesters, because I, I find in playtesting I can be all over the map. Like there, if I if I just poured my heart and soul into something and I'm, it feels like feeding it to the wolves, I'll be like, I'll be honest, or I'll try to be honest about like I'm feeling pretty nervous about this, or I'm feeling like. Uh, a little raw right now, so if you could be extra kind, that would be great. Like, I still want to hear what you have to say, but please, please be kind about it. Um, I try to be upfront about that, and if I'm if I'm feeling, like, in a good space, you know, and they want to rip it apart, then I, I, I encourage... Well, I don't encourage them to rip it apart, but, like, I, I try to um, be clear about where I'm at and what kind of things I can listen to at this point. Um, so, as a playtester... Uh, can we sum up the, what's the best thing I can do to be to support the playtest and support the designer and to, um, to help facilitate the situation? How much how much is on me? What contract is on Sum it up. I think if it's not clear what the playtester or the the designer wants, 
it can be really useful to just ask a lot of questions because if you're trying to, if you want to support this game and this designer, um, finding out what they need um, is a really nice thing to do. And uh, I don't know, I've, a lot of designers, and I've been unclear myself sometimes about like what I need to hear, but you can kind of help draw that out sometimes by asking questions. Yeah, I, I, th I think if you if you work out what is the design intention yeah. here. Sometimes when a designer he actually hears somebody ask them, it's the first, like they might be thinking about it and working and working and working on it. If somebody asks them this question and they have to say it out loud, they, then they the should go, oh, I know the answer to that question. Like, like, like oh, now I, now I can figure, now I figure for the first time how to say what I'm trying to do. Like, I, I define like questions all around work way better than answers at this, in this phase of a creative process at all. Yeah, yeah, right, 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 yeah. And, uh, like, inquisitive um, and not uh, not aggressive. I think you, like, I've had playtesters who sit down to break the game. And what you need to break the game is actually not just somebody coming and hitting with a hammer. What you need is somebody to go, you gave me the screwdriver and it fits over here. And I have reason to do that in the game, but if I unscrew the screw, other things stop working. That's breaking the game, and that, that actually takes a fairly sophisticated thinking about it. Like, sort of not listening to other players. Like, there are a bunch of ways that people can do that that are sort of aggressive um, and really un unnecessary. Like, it's, it's not revealing anything at that point. So I think, yes, inquisitive... Um, but not inquisitive in an Indiana Jones sense, where you go and you steal the thing and then you blow the place up, which is, <laughs> makes for lousy archaeology and lousy critique. <laughs> yeah? If you are looking for suggestions, how would you frame that question so it's very, very useful and it's not just they're giving you suggestions. It's, just, you, you're not, it's like, oh, we've already tried that. You're looking for a very specific kind of set of suggestions. I never do that. I don't. I, I don't think it's a good idea during a play test. It's a good idea when you sit down with a cup of coffee or a beer with another designer, and, and yeah. because like you don't, if you're trying to figure out how to make wrought iron, you don't talk about it with the person whose fence you just made. You talk about it with a smith, and you don't. You might stand there and look at the thing with a smith that you made, and the smith will look at it. But I don't. I don't think you want spontaneous suggestions okay. unless you've got a really rarefied group who you've handpicked for resolving a really well-defined problem. Yeah, like all, all of the best suggestions that have helped me fix things have all come like over coffee or something afterwards. Like, so, you know, the person has had time to process what was not quite right to them. Or, um, or, or it's somebody that I respect and they, I know that they got it. They, they got what I'm trying to do. Um, so their opinion is, or their ideas are valuable in that sense. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes I'll sit down with friends and workshop just a specific mechanic. Because, um, you know, people that I can trust to, you know, if I sort of remove a mechanic from the game to not say, well, what's the game about? Like to, you know just sit down and say like alright so does this work if we draw five cards or four cards let's test that part again and again there's a, there's a weird thing we use probability a lot in 
many forms of game design. And the way you test probability in a uh, in a game is by making sure that you use whatever that mechanic is for your results to be statistically significant. You don't play test it, like you, you don't you don't play test the math, for instance. Like you you go, that didn't you might play and you're like that didn't feel right. Let me go check my math. But like the suggestions like I could I couldn't land a blow in that game you might have to think um, maybe these dice are representing the wrong thing but probability is probability and you you're not going to get that those results out of a play test you're gonna get that out of going and checking your spreadsheet or any dice.com which is awesome which is a dice probability calculator any other questions so those of you who uh, don't have stuff to play test. What brings you to Metatopia and to this uh, to this particular panel? Oh. And we have six minutes to discuss that. Yeah. Uh, well, for one, I'm being dragged over here by Jason. Uh, we have like a convoy. There were six of us coming over. Uh-huh. Uh, but uh, I do have a couple of designs on that I'm working on that I'm planning on bringing in next year. Uh, but for this year, I kind of wanted an idea of what Metatopia was about before actually throwing myself into it. Mm-hmm. Thanks, great. Cool. Yeah. For me, it's I kind of wanted to get one. I, I just like games and I want to help people. Uh, but a lot of it's I, I kind of want to see the inside baseball of the of the creative process. Just as someone who's outside of it right now, and it's something, it's something that I'm interested in, but I'm like, how can I help people? hopefully have a good time myself and also kind of get a better idea of the entire atmosphere. Yeah, like, I want to try to help game designers, like, flesh out the game better and, like, fix the kinks. And as for this panel specifically, I want to know what to better ask and look for my playing testing and stuff. These are really good answers. Every question and every answer has been really good, and you're giving me a lot of faith <laughs> in this community. Um, it's, um, it's 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 really gives me a give me a lot of heart. Um, I had a note. Oh yeah, this is totally outside of the context of this particular conversation. But um, as a playtester, as we discussed, you you don't know what the process was that got anybody here. Um. And as a designer, very often, well, what, so what will happen is somebody will start discussing the implications of a particular rule, not not discussing like how do I use this, but what if I went down this hypothetical road? And I really suggest that you tamp those conversations down. Those might be important questions, but they're extremely complex, and that will be the end of that play test. That will be the only conversation from there on. And that is the kind of thing like like Hannah and I will get together and say, should that be four cards or five cards? Like, what does this do ten turns down the road? But, like, we'll go out to a cafe and we'll talk about that one problem. And, like, it might be like, oh, no, you're right, it should be five cards. But uh, but that that kind of thing, you'll just run out of time and people will just get flat out exhausted if you just wind up talking about hypotheticals, either, as we were talking about, with your audience or with, uh, with your rules. Are there any last-minute questions? Yeah. Just in terms of taking the Oh, uh, I think I've recorded once audio. Um, 
And I think that, you know, if that's something that's useful to you, just asking to make sure that everybody's okay with it. Um, sometimes being recorded makes people nervous, even if they don't or realize perform. it. And so, yeah, or sort of, yeah, or performative, so they don't give as good critique as they would have otherwise, because they're, like, aware of, like, oh, my voice squeaks when I say that. <laughs> so um, just being aware of that. I've done it a couple of times. It's extremely boring to listen to. <laughs> and don't forget, it takes just as long to listen to it. Like, you can put it on double speed, and then that halves the amount of time of people going, uh, oh, wait, was that a three? Yeah. No, no, it was a four, but that's still a lot of time where there's, there's the very, like, like everything is in people, you know, or everybody laughs for a long time. You're like, I don't know what that was about. So it's of limited use and takes a lot of effort, but I have done it, and I have gained tiny bits of information out of it. Well, I haven't. It seems like it, well, I would tend to like overanalyze a particular playtest when what is more helpful to me are patterns. So, but that's just, yeah. yeah. Um, I think we're holding up the next yeah. panel, but um, reason to believe. if people want, uh, we'll just we're just going to throw out our Twitter handles really quickly. Um, I have cards up here, so actually, if you want mine, you can just come and get it from me. Joshua, your what's your Twitter handle? I am Joshua AC Newman on Twitter. That's a mind blower, right? Um, I am at handbandit. And Rachel, you, uh, you're not, I'm not right, right now. now. Okay, no, Google Plus, find so Rachel and Google find me there. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody. Thanks so much. <laughs> Thank you.